Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Event Brew. I wasn't supposed to do the intro, but somehow I ended up showing up last. And those are the rules around here. So you get me <laughs> introing you. This is Dustin Wessling from the beautiful, beautiful country of Canada in Alberta, where we now can only have 15 people at an event. So we're thriving. We're doing well. I'm Woo. here with my three bestest buddies. Um, why don't you introduce yourselves? I don't want you to all go at once so you guys can figure out who's going to go first. Ladies first. Yeah. That's why I went first. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Dustin has on his sassy pants and I cannot wait for this conversation. And they are bright pink. They (laughs) are not, but. (laughs) This is Tui, based out here in LA. This is Nick. Ladies first, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, it's all it's gender's a spectrum, so I'll be in the middle. That is fair. I actually take back all of that gender talk. Yeah, sorry that Dustin is so uh, binary in his thinking, uh, but uh, says the uh, cis white male in the United States. Uh, Anyways, uh, (laughs) Nick Burley, Cleveland, Ohio, where we're really progressive in the Midwest. (laughs) And and this is Will Curran in Phoenix, Arizona, where it's finally not a hundred degrees. Oh, it's forty here. For the next four days, and then we're going to go back to being 100 degrees again. It's buried in snow. I just had to clean up dog poop out of the snow in my backyard. Oh. So I really... Oh, that must be easy because it's solid then. It's not you like know soft. What? It's frozen. You know what? It's, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a warmer day today. So it is quite the oh, challenge. Fine. Yeah. So it's, Everyone it's, got that it's, visual? It's not, it's, not, it's not fun. Um, so while we're talking about picking up dog poop, we might as well talk about what we're drinking because that seems like perfect. So Nick, what are you drinking? Exactly. <laughs> so Nick, <laughs> talk about what you're drinking and tell me your favorite ingredient. Sure. Uh, it's uh, it is dog poop. So um, <laughs> no. that was pretty up, uh, pretty amazing. So you're drinking the 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 tea of my land. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the thing that Arizona is most known for. It's uh, it's tea. Uh, <laughs> the tea uh, that's made in New York City. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but it has a lot of like, uh, you know, generally has like topaz and skulls mm. and feathers on it, you know, like like you think of New York. Um, no, I uh, I don't know. You guys always drink that matcha something or other. So I'm drinking uh, mucho mango, which you know, has got to be in the same, you know, yeah. family. They both start with an M. Totally. Uh, it's a fruit juice cocktail. Uh, and it is uh, it is. Does it have juice? It has five percent juice. So juice is not my favorite thing in it. Um, it's it's got to be that ester gum. You know, I don't know what it does. But uh, you know, you got to get your gum in there mm. somehow. So I drink mm, I drink my that. ester gum. That's great. That's great. Mm. Tui, what's in your cup? I oh. talking about oh, matcha. What? Who is it? Hi, it you, me. who's it listening? Me. I don't have popularity. Me. No, no one texts me. <laughs> no one texts me. <laughs> it was me. I sound like an iPhone notification. <sighs> Tui, please I, go ahead. I am drinking organic matcha toasted rice green tea. Nutty, savory. It is delicious. It's a new me. Wonderful. And do you have a fresh squeezed juice nearby? You know what? I have not been juicing. You looked really stressed out there for a second. Well, I looked around. I have a a million water bottles in my room, but I'm all about the Topo Chico. Are you in your room? I am. This is such a fascinating room. It's got like brick brick paneling. She's been recording in this room for like the last eight (laughs) months. No, I didn't think. Are you in your bedroom? Yeah, you guys. That's your bedroom? Yeah. Holy sweet Jesus. It is like unemployment looks good on you. I have to say, (laughs) I'm shocked every single week. You get to drink the expensive tea. You're juicing the real fruit. You got a beautiful, nice little abode there. I'm impressed, too. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you, Dustin. Well, what's in your cup today? 
I'm drinking vanilla chai from the good old David Rio brand. Um, but it definitely doesn't have estragum, which, by the way, mm. fun fact today, I Googled it. It's not just, I don't know if they shortened it to just estragum, but I Googled estragum. It's oh, it's not. Gly- yeah. Glycicerol ester of wood rosin. Oh, wood sure. rosin. I love estragum. That. It's an oil soluble food additive, and that's used in lots of different stuff. And keeps oil suspended in water. Ooh. And it's used in chewing gum and ice cream. Great. Um, Not ice cream. Don't, yeah. Don't go after the ice cream. D- yeah, don't mess with ice cream. Um, but yeah, it's actually really common. And it literally is... Oh, it's ro- in everything. It's, it's literally made of like the the sap of rosin of, of, uh, of trees. Wonderful. Great. Cool. Right? Sounds Everybody's- healthy. Everyone's got a good diet today. I'm drinking my usual Michelob Ultra because it is exceptionally light beer. And on a Monday is the day that we're recording this. You're listening to this on a Thursday. Sorry. Is it breaking the the fourth wall? What is that? You're not supposed to tell them that. We're supposed to record everything. We record these the same day that you listen to them. Yeah, that's right. It's live. So it's Thursday and uh, I like an exceptionally light beer on a Thursday. So that's what I'm drinking. And I don't care if everybody thinks that. That is not a real beer because you are right and I already know. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Great. So as usual in these strange times, we're going to have a very mixed up conversation that we likely barely talked about and we're just going to dig into it. But I think we're going to focus a little bit on the optics of doing events right now. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about what is happening online what does that look like why is that driving will crazy and he's giving me that like mad crazy look (laughs) so i think there were some i think there were some some things out there and we don't have to be specific about what they are but i think there was some i could be general about what i saw yeah so why don't we start why don't we start with what you saw and we'll talk about we'll talk about your really 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 liberal liberal view (laughs) of it and then we'll try and find some balance today labels on things this is just my opinion i don't care if it's liberal or not this is what i think and i don't know so okay so this is what made me angry today um, so I'm trying not to be really specific, but I saw a post on LinkedIn and here's the gist of it. It's basically saying, look at this thing happening in the industry, how beautiful it is and how awesome it is that this is happening. And I, it was something that I would consider to not be safe personally to, to be happening as a common thing that would happen in our industry. But this post got 400 likes on LinkedIn and a myriad of comments basically in agreement, praising, celebrating, hurrah. And then one comment where the person dropped the news that came out over the weekend, which is that the US is at its highest, it's going back for its highest like re- increase in cases day over day. You know, we're on like what they're calling the third wave, aka what I consider the still the first wave, but either way, whatever. And basically saying, look, this is not safe. What you guys shouldn't be safe, like shouldn't be celebrating this. And only one person commented and said, "Finally, one person making sense." So I just thought it was really interesting that, like, I just got frustrated by this, and that there's obviously a majority of people who disagree that are like, "Hurrah, hooray! Look at this! Yeah, like everything's coming back, back to normal." You know, and it just kind of pissed me off. <laughs> so I think I think some context we can put to that that's safe as we can say it was a it was a room full of people because um, I think that works for so many things that we're we're all uh, so many of us are waiting to happen. So room full of people, everybody is celebrating this. It's happening in the U.S. where the U.S. is still very much very much struggling through getting infection rates down. And the masses are celebrating this room full of people at a time when we probably should be um, not celebrating large rooms full of people. Um, And yeah, so the one guy that says, hey, here's the obvious. And everybody's like, yeah, but that guy's a party pooper. That's not what we want to see. We want to see we want to see life going back business as usual. Right. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what's the problem? Sounds good to me. A room full of people. That's what we're all waiting for, isn't it? I just okay. So we talked about this a little bit on Friday, then too, before I did uh, my or Friday last week, last Monday before I did my uh, my twenty twenty trends, twenty twenty one trends talk, which um, 
also feel free to come and join me. If you are a longtime listener, you probably know how funny it is to hear those words out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> but it <laughs> is that I think the interesting thing is that it's just like all these people like it seems like there's this there there's a group of people saying, no, this shouldn't happen. And at any glimmer of like hope, it just seems like we're grasping onto this as like the news that we should start going back or whatever it is. And what I fear is that people are listening to event professionals rather and this is these are actually Nick's words, so I can't take credit for this in any sort of way. Oh, I take credit for Nick's words all the time. Don't worry about it. He, <laughs> he doesn't I, mind. I, I will say I absolutely don't remember anything. Yeah, I say. He, he, don't worry, he bills annually. <laughs> Nick's, Nick's work for me before you. his it's invoicing like, is very slow, you know. so you'll you'll be fine. Actually, you'll be fine. Really slow. Well he brought you brought up the, 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 the thought that was you shouldn't be listening to event professionals right now to know when we're coming back. You should be listening to medical professionals. And I was like, holy shit, you're so right. That like right now as an industry, we're so, I don't know the exact scientific terms, like cognitively biased. We did a bias episode too, I think, right? Um, it's about, a, it's we're a biased component of bias, yeah. For everything to come back that we, at the second that we see someone posting a picture full of rooms, everyone wants to celebrate. Well, my worry is you get enough of that too many people are going to be like, yeah, we're just going to go back. Like, it, it feels like people are getting sick of being locked in and are just like, meh, mm -hmm. I'm giving up. Who cares mm -hmm. anymore? Versus like, let's be vigilant mm -hmm. to do this right way, which I know is your opinion. Yeah. And I think, I think that, you know, what happens, I think, is we're seven or going into our eighth month of this. If you have not been directly impacted, it is very, very difficult to keep following the rules. It's very difficult to watch your yeah. livelihood be destroyed. It's very difficult to watch your colleagues with so much pain and suffering if you haven't seen the negative impacts of this. And, and you know, that very much is where I'm at, where, you know, I've, you know, I've recently had a close call. Um, I can actually say it out loud because she posted it. So my good friend and client, Lisa Marks, actually got COVID and we were working on oh, an event together. So if you go onto her her website, uh, brandalive.ca, it's on her blog. And she talks about being about three days out from an event and she caught COVID and like what she did to obviously get the team that she needed in place to make sure that it didn't affect her client. But it was um, it it was insane, and she caught and she got a really it was really mild. Her symptoms were really mild, so she you know she for the most part she really skated through having COVID, and it didn't spread to anybody else. There was no there was nobody they could contract trace it to. So in my opinion, she's not very good at having COVID. I think we need to get people that are much better at having it. She spread it to nobody, including her sister who lives with her. Um, so I think that I think complacency is is. Like it, it, it's bound to happen. And I think that's where we are in so many cases. And I think that when you see things, especially on the interweb, that validate what you're thinking about that we just want to go back. We just want to have live events again. We just want to get out of these restrictions. I think it's easy to hit the like button as opposed to what the reality of what those photos are actually showing. So the photos that, that we're talking about, the one specifically, and I want to get into some more, is a photo where basically everybody in the photo has their back to the camera. So you, so I think if you were to turn that around, you would see that every single person in that space is wearing a mask. It is. But you don't a, know that. But I'm pretty based okay, on where yeah, they are. I'm pretty sure. Based they on are. where they are, yeah. Based on where they are. There's a lot like of security legally, there. They probably, yeah. There's a lot of security that probably yeah. happened. But like, let, let's imagine that that was um, somewhere else that wasn't that way, right? Well, let's why don't let's talk about the Connect Conference. Let's talk about what what it was like watching that from the outside and i i think starting with i applaud them for moving forward and i applaud them for putting together a program and that is our at the end of the day that is our road out of this is it's going to take it's going to take brave people to start pushing us forward to doing events again the cat has returned just so everybody knows if you're watched <laughs> yes. if you follow Tui on instagram you will have seen the cat last week so so Let's let's talk about what watching Connect was like from watching it on the internet. And I will say that there's there's several photos that got posted that I thought and I thought, damn, you can't see the whole context of this photo and what this looks like is 
a bunch of people in close quarters and yes, they're wearing masks, but are they really practicing this, the, the right kind of distancing? And I think the dangerous thing when you're putting stuff online is that you actually don't know the full picture. You don't know what's going on in that yeah, room. You, you don't, you, you've, you've, you have no idea. And it's just a snapshot of a, of a place in time. And I think that, I think that is really, really dangerous. Um, because of what that tells us is that this, this conference happened and it was, you know, for, in a lot of ways, besides the pumpkin spice, hand sanitizer, it looked in a lot of ways like a regular conference of industry professionals joining each other. And what what message is that sending to those that are just desperate to get back to work? Ditto. I, well, well, I'll say too, is that I've had a lot of conversations with um, people at Connect and you know, I've spoken at a lot of conferences, so I think I'm like potentially biased um, when it comes to it. But the, the conversations that I always had with them was that they were so nervous about I doing this. Like yeah. they, they, they knew that what the, what this was going to mean. Cause they started planning this. Like it wasn't like, Oh, one month went by. They like mm. been planning this since like March yeah. and they've been like struggling. What are we going to do? Which way, what direction are we going to go? All that sort of stuff. So I will say too, I don't think there's like any malintent. Um, and that's the, the problem with all no. this is that I don't think there's any malintent across no. any, no one's like, yeah, like who cares if people get sick? They're like, we're going to do this as safe as we can. And you know, all these things like that. Right. So, so, but, but what happens and I, I'm not, I commend them. I'm, I'm glad they went ahead. I think that, that somebody has to do it first. And I think we're going to start seeing these events happen in the hands of event professionals for event professionals. And we need a testing ground. We need to figure out how it's all going to work. So that's fine. Nick, you're going to have to stop making faces at me and jump in if you're going to keep making faces at me. But to the point, and I'm on, I'm on connects top 40 under 40 this year. So I'm certainly not shitting on them at all, at all, at all, at all. Wait, um, you're under 40. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> you you're I'm under even, 40. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. How about that. <laughs> uh, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I knew that Nick, but so here's, here's, here's the point. You get all the attendees are free to post whatever they want about the experience that they're having. So you put all the controls in the world in place. And I'm sure that had everything that needed to be in place. And then it's up to the attendees who are posting the content on your behalf and tagging your conference. And they have to make the personal choice to do the right things. And what is the danger in somebody looking at that being like, oh my God, I saw so-and-so at a table, no masks, just hanging out together at this conference. That makes me wonder, well, who the hell put this conference on? Who the hell is not doing the right thing? And I know, because I'm an event professional, that that's not the case at all, that it's personal responsibility. But does it not lead you to believe when you see those things, like what the hell's going on in this photo? So then my question is backing that up on as well, is that at what point do you do all the best branding you can, all the best PR, you know, everything you can to make it show safe, and then this happens, and then what happens to your event brand? Does someone just think, oh, no, you're being completely unsafe. Right. I'm never going to go to that conference ever again then at that point too. And then, and then like, I think that's maybe the marketer thinking, but is that worth it then at that point, period? My biggest takeaway of watching it was uh, from a bunch of different angles and so not just one photo uh, and listening to what people said. I mean, I do like when people do that kind of stuff because I'm a voyeur first and foremost. So uh, I oftentimes I, and I like to um, have as much neutrality as possible. So if I see something crazy, I'll give it to somebody who can't help but share things mm -hmm. uh, and I'll let them just uh, I'll give the dog, you know, let them off their leash and I'll give them a treat and they'll go right after it. Um, so like many, many times I've done that play and then I sit back and watch uh, as the pot is stirred because I'm interested in watching people. Um, so I do enjoy that kind of reaction to things um, because it's uh, it's interesting to see, you know, where where everyone's temperature is uh, it, figuratively. And I think that in this instance, there is such a, there's all these different divides based on. Uh, politics based on fear, mm -hmm. uh, based on uh, lots of other things. The thing that I'm like really cognizant right now of as someone who deals in like uh, surveys and data and things like that uh, is is the bias and the objectivity. Um, when similar to what, what Will was saying, as far as like, don't listen to event professionals, listen to health professionals. Uh, uh, yes. You mean that you said that? <laughs> 
Yeah, no, yeah. I well, that, that you said that. sure. I, I probably did. I, I don't remember. I think, I, he I, said think I think he said scientists, not health professionals. Just, sure. Just for the record. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, but my main way of looking at that is the same way of looking at any crisis situation. And when there is a planner involved as well, um, if you have an event and there is a active shooter, um, you know that 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 as soon as that active shooter comes in, um, the police are in charge, not the event planner. Right. right. Like you acquiesce uh, your authority and you take um, a position to um, facilitate um, the in a crisis, facilitate as best you can with the new lead being the person who is the crisis professional, uh, et cetera. So for me, I look at the healthcare professional similar to how I'd look at if there was a fire and there was a, a fire chief in my building, uh, you know, how can I help facilitate uh, you uh, in order to uh, make sure that I, I, you know, deal with my legal and, and ethical uh, duty of care uh, and how and best protect everyone, including the brands who are associated with this event, you know, literally the people as well as reputations and such. Uh, so anyways, all that stuff is like the, the further explanation of that. But when I watched the pictures of, uh, from connect my and and listen to the stories, my main takeaway was, uh, I, I have no interest in attending events that are doing it right. Uh, and, and that's kind of a weird stance, uh, mostly, uh, because I'm super, super objective. Like there's, if there's anything I'm not, it's a cheerleader. Um, I, I am like, I love being a devil's advocate. I, I love being, uh, you know, like really neutral with anything. Um, I don't, I don't know why. Uh, I think it's because like in, uh, I did years and years of speech and debate and in that they teach you uh, to do half of the year from one perspective and half of the year from another perspective. And it trains you to be kind of flexible, uh, and see things from both sides. Um, so I, I don't know. I've never really like gravitated towards like anything as far as like being a cheerleader for, you know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, throw it out. Mm. Uh, and I think right now live events in in the midst of the level of pandemic that we're at right now, I think that they're, they can be done safely. I really do. Uh, I, but I don't think that they're worth it mm. um, because they suck. Um, they they're just not um, very. And, and I, I'm speaking I'm speaking like. Broadly speaking, like, could there be a 10 person event that is, you know, life changing, you know, design? Well, maybe. Right. But I'm talking broadly speaking about right. the spectrum of live events right now, their ability to create change in people through experiences, uh, bring people closer together um, to break down barriers, to um, uh, to have all of the experiential sensory things that are required in order to uh, validate the uh you know why you would get together i don't think they're meeting a lot of those requirements right. um and and, uh, and i'm saying that again super objectively right so like i, I it it 100 percent impacts me but if i'm like saying it from a my honest perspective as as the perspective of uh a stakeholder or someone with um or or, or an attendee you know the other side of it I would say I don't know if if our potential to design face to face experiences currently um, with with rare exceptions for things like healthcare and and maybe some other things that are absolutely just on the front lines of requiring to be something that would have to happen in face to face, like maybe maybe some kind of. I don't know, um, some kind of examples of things that would be having to happen live in front of someone, you know, uh, something like that. Um, I think if you can do it virtually, uh, you you should um, not because not just because of like it's the, you know I'm I'm scared or fear or anything like that. I just don't think that the things you get in face to face um, are really uh, are available at your disposal as far as the tools um, mm -hmm. to create the the necessary behavioral changes to um, necessitate the risk. Right. Um, so that's my thing. It's just risk mm -hmm. reward. Um, I, I know uh, myself and all my friends would make more money if live events came back. <laughs> totally. But I, I, I also like want us to have a future. Like I'm, not, if I'm not, I'm not 75 and looking to figure out how I can get another year out of or 65 or I don't know. Do people retire anymore? Um, <laughs> not like after I would, this. <laughs> no, no, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I'll be a greeter somewhere uh, at a Walmart. But they don't, uh, have, they don't have greeters anymore. Perfect. Uh, I'll be a, I'll be a cart sanitizer. Um, Ooh, oh, that's automated now. Ah, next. 
Okay. Um, well, I uh, will an be... Amazon box picker. It's going to be something Amazon related, I'm sure. Build, build cars. Huge COVID outbreak in our Amazon plant. Next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be a, uh, a, a highly trained marketing professional um, who can make a bindle for myself to jump on a, on a moving train um, to done, be a done. hobo. In Nailed front it. of a moving train? Nailed hobo, it. yeah. Hobo uh, marketing is going to be huge. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't for border restrictions, I would have gone to connect and I would have gone feeling that they did everything they could to keep me safe. I am responsible for my own safety. I understand what that responsibility is. I know how to get myself. Would you have in left if you, felt, if, you, if you felt unsafe? Um, I would have. I just don't know how in a large space, how you how somebody else can make it unsafe for you. You're responsible for the people that are around you and the position you put yourself in. So yeah, for sure. Like if they, if they packed me into a room and I didn't feel like I could have the distance that I wanted, I would, I would exit that session or that, that thing. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw my hands up in the air and say, you know, there was no pumpkin spice sanitizer. So I'm out of here. No, I, I carry it in my pocket and I take care of myself. And I think more of us need to work that way. And I think that the way through this is personal responsibility. And I think that we're putting way, way, way too much pressure on, on the, the, the places that we're going instead of just being responsible for your own safety, just keeping your distance when you need to just wearing your fucking mask and sanitizing and washing your hands. And that's like, that is the one constant that has been there. And it doesn't matter what health professional you talk to. It doesn't matter where you get your information from keeping yourself safe is actually quite simple. I know airplanes complicate that air travel is a, is a, is a big, is a big problem, but, um, yeah, I would have gone. I totally would have gone. And if it wasn't for, the border being closed i would have been there i would have hated the quarantine on the other end but i would have gotten through it i actually would have i was planning on going when it was in vegas but i ain't going to florida during this time that was one thing and it was really interesting if anything keeping an eye from being an outsider not experiencing it there was a lot of drama and a lot of gossip you know it, it was like that i felt like overpowered mm -hmm. the the people posting yeah, there was a lot of policing. There was a lot of like, look at this, look at that. And, and I think that's kind of where this conversation is going, where it's like, you know, the optics of, of having an event and what it does do to your brand. And it's, you can do, you can do all the right things, but there's going to be that gotcha moment that ends up on Facebook or wherever the kids go these days. That got that got you moment, and not like this, not not where I not where the stakes are so personal, not when it's like uh, okay, it's so yeah, like, it's okay, so easy. Saying, but this is it's so easy like to look into people. look in the background of a photo and say those two people are close together. There's no rules there. There's no like. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I, I I'm in a bunch of like uh, Facebook groups that have been for years where where like they're very focused on gotcha and calling people out in different corners of the industry like i'm in one that's called like uh i'm trying to think of the name of it like audiovisual fails i think it's called oh yeah i'm in that one oh, it's, yeah, that's so so good. Good. It's, it's so good it's so good i've been in it years and i love it like when people like go into and it's not necessarily exclusively to uh events either like they'll go into like a bar and you, you'll find like electrical uh equipment uh tied to like the water lines and stuff oh, like i love that. it it's <laughs> so good right i mean because you know who doesn't like a good train wreck um yeah and that's just like people being bad at their chosen profession, you know, like people who are hacks and people who are cutting corners and, and what, what have you. Um, and there's good and there's bad. Right. Uh, when you have to control people down to each individual human beings uh, proximity to other people and and getting, uh, I guess, th them doing everything that is counter to who they are as as individuals who come together face to face, like all human um humanness i guess you know is wiring you to do the opposite of that thing i think that there's a lot stacked against a planner to to not be 100 percent successful with all the variables because the variables are they're just they're just huge right i mean it's like literally every single person there has the opportunity to not only catch people um you know in, in a moment that is not as you know ideal as as possible with proximity to another human being but there's also lots of other people that are just wired you know to be how they are and always have been not unsafe but a human being mm -hmm. uh, so i think that but i also think that like i don't know what the exit strategy is uh globally for fear that's we've, we've used fear 
I think successfully, uh, if you look at it in, in a historical setting against other pandemics of this scale, I think that we we quickly t- used fear and uh, and awareness and such, uh, you know, using celebrities and using, you know, every means possible to show people wear your mask and do this thing. And then there was uh, the, because of the era we're in now with social media and um, the easiest tool to use via social media, which is shaming. Um, I think I think that we've, you know, and, the automatic feature that comes with Facebook is you know, your shame button. Oh, I thought it was poke feature. Twitter is worse even as far as an ecosystem. Yeah, Twitter's a dumpster fire now unless they're yeah. going to sponsor us then i love them and everybody should be on twitter <laughs> yeah uh it, it's the scaling ability with twitter uh because of its openness uh that allows it to be uh like I, i've been watching a lot of stuff with uh dave Chappelle lately because I, I i love him like i'm just a big <laughs> fan I, I understand that there's some people that have some issues whatever he's a comedian but he's a comedian. uh yeah he's gonna yeah yeah if you if you're ever interested in like I, i'm really really interested in like comedy in general and like comedy is uh, i think that the, the best uh, that uh, definition of it is a two-word definition, which is uh, what is it? Benign. Um, oh shoot! It's like it's like think breaking. Of it. We have to steal your thoughts. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. I'll think of it later. But anyways, um, it's uh, uh, long story short. Um, I think that like everything is stacked against uh, you know face to face gatherings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has been done like that by design. Uh, like the fear has been in in uh, in shot into the populace by design, and people have latched onto it. And they've done it in the same way that they've done it with lots of other things for social good um, that um, has been positive. So like that, people will call out people for being racist, and they'll mm-hmm. take pictures of it and and record it uh, in ways that like racist things have happened. Uh, forever, uh, but now we can record it, and there's actually uh, like a, a system um, that kind of uh, celebrates the person who finds it, or you know, or whatever. I don't mean that in a negative way. It's yeah, like yeah. A- so. Will Smith. Will Smith said, "Racism isn't getting worse; it's just getting recorded." That's it. It's is a hundred percent. Yeah, and, and and it's good, right? Like it's a good thing. Like where we we have these. Uh, these movements because um, because there's proof now there's yeah. like there's there's more of a it's it's opening it's opening the eyes of a broader audience that can actually see what it looks like and can see 100 percent 100 and and it's, and, and it's, it's always ugly. been there it's yeah. always been there and and it's the worst thing that I think that happened to racism in the last like 20 some years uh, or 30 years or whatever is that the ugliness. I mean, I hate to say this like this. There's, there's never been a good period of racism. Right. But yeah, we um, get your intention. Yeah. 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 But like the ugliness of it has been coded over and coded and changed in so much as it, it was insidiously uh, in this way that it didn't actually exist. It wasn't real. It wasn't there. And I, I know people who say racism is done. It doesn't exist. We had a black president. Racism is <laughs> over. Right. It Like silly things like that that are like absolutely, you know, like, you know, just dumb uh, exist because racism has gotten smarter because it had to because mm-hmm. light disinfects everything. Right. right. Uh, that said, I think that it's the same same mentalities that are sweeping over so many other social things and the use of, uh, you know, these tools that we have to shame people for good. Right. Where you fall on that spectrum is um, I'm like really outside of the norm on that one because like I, I don't I don't know. I'm like a. I'm very much like a, an optimist when it comes to that stuff. Like I, I don't get on like I don't talk uh, political much uh, in broad groups, but in one on one, I will absolutely like s- school someone uh, and uh, also be ready to be schooled. Um, but I'll Noted. go. I'll yeah. I'll go deep. <laughs> I'll go super deep. Uh, but I don't do it in a broad audience because I think that like things get um, mixed up that way. Um, and I think that's the same thing with with these events, you know, like I think that like um, the intent uh, of the, sh- you know, shaming or sh- showing this as a negative thing uh, is, is good in the in the macro, in the broad spectrum of like, let's let's make sure that people are doing wrong things at this critical time, uh, that there's light on those things so we can you know stop it. On the other hand, I think that like. Um, if you don't have the full picture, um, then it's misleading and, and people who are trying to do well uh, are going to look bad. 
ultimately I'm falling on this completely other line thing where I find myself in a, in a very small, if not singular group of saying, I just think live events don't have a, aren't just kind of suck now if they're done well. Like I just, I don't, I don't get anything from them if they're done right. And I don't want to attend dangerous uh, events that are done wrong. So mm -hmm. I'm just, I got, I got two thoughts from what you were just talking about. Number one, the events that I've attended since COVID has started or something as simple as going to a restaurant or an experience that I normally enjoy have been miserable. And I, I commend the restaurants in my community for how hard they've worked to make it work. Mm -hmm. And I sit in there with half the tables empty because of this with the stupid fucking QR code on the table, with the like, with the, the poor server in a mask all fucking night long, with all the stupid rules that they now have to follow. And I cannot enjoy myself because I can't help but think this is misery. This is misery for the guests. It's misery for the owner. It's misery for the staff. Like this is, this is not a good time. And, and, and I, and, and that's, you know, most, most of my examples are, 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 are restaurant experiences. And, so I can relate to what you're saying where it's like, it's like getting an event right outside of COVID is very difficult. Checking off all those boxes, making that experience perfect, changing whatever it is that you're trying to change in somebody's behavior or, 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 or learnings is very, very difficult. And now you add in this and it makes it almost impossible. So I, I, I agree with what you say there The on the note of shaming and on the note of when this all started, I said to my team, I said, we're going to mind our own business. We're going to put our heads down. We have, number one, we already have a plan. So let's put our plan into play. Let's adjust. Let's make sure that we're doing all the right things. And we've got, we've got enough protocols and plans to, to, to get us through to, to the end of this by doing it right. And I said, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Keep your head down. It's too easy to get caught up with what, you know, what venue isn't doing the right thing or what planner is doing this or just mind your own fucking business. Eight months in. We're getting reports of all of these large-scale events that are becoming super spreaders because nobody's doing the right thing. And I just literally just posted something in reaction to um, the social gatherings in Alberta are now down to 15 people. And it's Monday, October 26th. Just, just throwing that out there. Um, and I... I just said it's time that we start looking inwards because the reason this is happening is very clear that we're not following the rules. We're not doing this properly. We have, we had one event a one a weekend ago, 60 people were at it and 49 of them caught COVID. Don't fucking tell me that there was a professional doing a professional job at that event, yet they are all linked to us as event professionals and our community. And at what point do we not stand up for ourselves and our own livelihoods and say, this is insanity. This is absolute insanity. And at what point do we not get to look over our shoulder and say, you're not doing this properly and that needs to fucking change. And that, you know, that frustration is only coming out in the last couple of weeks because, because, you know, I'm watching my own livelihood get burned to the ground. Well, I've got so many people out there that claim to be in the same industry as me, that claim to be the same professional as me, that 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 vie for the same work that I'm doing, yet they're doing a half-assed job and they're doing it unsafely. And I'm tired of just minding my own business. And I think at some point, we're going to need to speak up. At some point, we're going to have to start singling out these people that are doing such terrible jobs because they ultimately are going to keep us from reopening. And... It's just like as That's if we had, we, we just, we need that, we need that certification. We need that legitimacy in the industry that we've been talking about for so many right. years. And I think I feel like if anything right now is maybe the time, right? Like before it was so hard because we're like, well, how do we, how do we take the thousands of players that have been doing this for years and know just as much, but don't want to get certified. And then, you know, like this is probably the one and only time that we can say like, Hey guys, it's time to start putting, but this so, is it. This is yeah. it. This is the time yeah. where you can say, if you do not have this designation, I don't, we're not talking about association membership because that you shouldn't be able to buy your way into competence. Competency. No, yeah. Competency. Yeah. So, so I think that, I think this is the, the, the one time where you can say, I, I have proven that I'm competent in this. I have, I have taken this or taken that and I can put this together professionally and, 
And that actually would allow us to, and it's number one, I just want to say it's too late for COVID just so everybody's aware. So just quit, everybody just quit thinking that there's some silver bullet out there that's going to, that's going to fix us today. This is about, we're talking about the future. We're talking like, what's our 2024 plan? Um, maybe, maybe not that long, but the, this is not the solution to get us through this problem. This problem, the only way we're getting through is by, by bulldogging our way through and you know 80% of us going out of business and then when we rebuild that's what we need to think about well I'll, I'll post you a, 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 a potential dissent I agree 100% but let's think about this though will the economics reward those who get certification so like let's look at this the, here's the best way to do it here's the number one gatekeepers from keeping people from doing in-person events venues right the government's not gonna have time to like come and like know when people are having it Oh, wow, I knew that was coming. Though. It's still <laughs> recording, though. Oh, interesting. Okay, so the my my argument is that if the the like the government's not going to be the 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 gatekeeper when it comes to this entire process, right? They don't have time to watch when every single event's going to happen. Instead, we're going to have venues that need to be the gatekeepers. But here's the problem with it is that venues are not incentivized to block people from having events because they're drowning in need or not drowning, but the opposite. They're dehydrating, dehydrating in the desert right now. Like, right. They need water. And like you give them a little bit of water, they'll take it, whether it has a CMP, a CSEP or whatever it is when it comes to it. So, you know, like it's going to come down to this thing. It's almost like if you get seen the movie Dark Waters. It's like we can no longer rely on uh, like self-reporting and self um, – oh, what, what, you guys know what I'm talking about. But basically the, the, the idea is that I think for so long we've said like, oh, you, we'll just police ourselves. Self-regulating. No big deal. Self-regulating. Self-regulating. Thank you. Yeah. We, we can't do that anymore. So now we need some sort of way like either the government comes in and says you need to start having certified people – who decide when events are going to happen or whatever it's going to be. I don't know. It's just, it's so difficult. We, we had this whole conversation for like at the global event forum for so long. How do you get people to legitimize the events industry? And it's so hard without external regulation. Right. Well, I think that when you look at, when you look at the situation we're in right now, so let's say that the, the health authority says, this is the criteria that you need to agree on and you need to submit a plan. You need to submit a plan to us and you need to prove to us that you like can a fire do, plan, that you uh, can do this like because plan. because yeah. we already do that. We already do that. We've got city inspectors on speed dial. Everybody knows who the fire marshal is. That's the kindest to them that does their walkthroughs. So why is this <laughs> why is this all of a sudden any different and so fucking complicated? So I That's do such think a good point. I do good think point. that the, the government does own a little bit of this and that they're slow to move and that 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 you know live events are not their priority at all and i don't i i mean maybe you guys have some states where that that is different but it isn't and there are there, there are programs that exist like this already when we think about you know nick brought up active shooters which is like, like always the worst example to use about anything but you know we've all had to learn over the last few years how to better safeguard our events we've all had to go through more and more training and and if you're in the states you don't get to put a hundred thousand person festival on the ground without planning and without somebody asking you questions about it. So why the fuck is this any different? Why can't we find a balance here? And you said it, it's a balance, right? It's really interesting to hear everyone's perspective on this. And, you know, I, I, well, I definitely thought like certifications as well, but then who's mandating it? Who's, and it goes back to our episode, like in the beginning of, I feel like, quarantine, where we just don't have a governing body to really guide us. And so, and our, our industry, really, there's so many segments to it, right? Or areas we have, like the corporate world, which is, I really feel like they're being safe and not, you know, canceling or postponing. Or <laughs> they're being hybrid. safe, they're just not doing anything. It's yeah. great. But then you have, but the thing is, like, social and weddings have to continue. And well, so we look towards them. Right? Let's 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 talk about the white elephant in the room. Do and it. I, and I know this from the stats that Will's I see from our government is it's it's the weddings that are fucking us right now. Weddings are the weak link. They're the weak link right now. And it is I, crazy how many I, weddings I see. And I say that and I say that with all the respect in the world to all of my my wedding profs out there that 
are I know are working really hard and I know I know I know the ones in my area the ones that I believe are true professionals are working their ass off to do the right thing and I see them working hard to make these things happen but at the end of the day the weddings are what's killing us right now the weddings are where we're getting all of these super spreader uh, I don't want to call them super spreader events because that's what the government calls them and that should not be allowed but um these super spreader moments well, I guess moments is our word too. I'll figure out a word for the next for the next episode. But these this is all happening at weddings and social events, and they're the ones that need to reel it in a little bit. They're the ones that need to get their shit together. And it's also like one of the hardest, hardest events to put together and enforce distancing. And and you know, there's you know, I had somebody on a on a I think it must have been a Facebook post that was saying, you know, we need to we need to start holding the event professional accountable that had that wedding. And I go give me a break. So who's going to prove that that family didn't get together before, didn't get together after? Like, come on, come on. That's not, that, that, that isn't the solution. Also, you don't need event professionals to have a wedding. So I'm going to say that. Uh, yeah, I could just, <laughs> you don't. I like like it. I, that, that is fair. Lots of weddings happen without them. Lot. I yeah, bet yeah, you more yeah. weddings happen without one than, yeah. with, than with one. That's, weddings that's are Weddings are incredibly decentralized as a quote unquote industry or a corner of an industry. Uh, EIC, uh, if you look at all of the associations that make up the EIC, 0% of them have anything to do with weddings. They, they don't even consider them part of the events industry they're also the majority of the events that take place social events for sure the majority of gatherings that take place are social events they don't require the same amount of um let's say staffing and people necessarily to occur they could have more than a a corporate event they could be more intricate i'm not saying that they're less you know good or anything like that but the sheer fact that they're not business exchanges and there's not business liability, that there's not professional insurance required because there's business taking place, it could happen in a backyard. It could be 40 people. They could all be in the same neighborhood. They could all come over. And that's a wedding. Now, that's not a trade show. That's not a conference. They have all these other moving parts that they don't have because a social gathering and a and a uh a corporate or or anything else that it requires permitting or anything like that uh, to take place. Like you could you could make your own food in your house, invite your family over, and that's a wedding. And they didn't need uh, ovens that were that were it's... that were looked at by the health inspectors. Like there's there's whole other apparatus. There's no venues required as 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 such with mm. licensing. Like everything about and and that's like at that level. And from there, the amount of ultra small businesses that exist that that cater mm-hmm. specifically to weddings who don't actually even work in the events industry mm-hmm. quote unquote all the time like subway is probably one of the biggest wedding caterers mm-hmm. in the country in our country no. i mean i mean it, <laughs> it probably is like if you think about it like you you just know weddings from the perspective of a a gala style yeah yeah well th- those are i'm I, i'm telling you like by by and large they're I, not the highest percentage of the gatherings i agree i i do agree with you so so it's decentralized there's no do, target do weddings and social events need to be removed from what we consider the event industry i think that 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 they're they're another thing personally so that's a yes yeah I don't know. I don't know necessarily if we have something that is called an events industry either. I think there is. I, I Call think, back to a past episode. I right? think. I, I think we're we're talking about the industry that we work for. That is, you know, corporate. That, yeah. yeah, that is more. I agree. I think that's a big can of worms that we'll save for another, yeah. another episode. But I, I, I would love. Do you think? And I don't think. And I don't think it's about them removing from us. Do you think that that wedding and social should be their own industry, and then we'll figure out all the rest of them later? Yes, with the caveat that it's not even an industry necessarily. I think there are event professionals, very professional event professionals, who specialize in weddings. I also think that there are people who have nothing to do with an industry who are not getting paid, uh, who didn't go to school for it, that are just helping people out on occasion. Or they're also a restaurant that also work at and contribute to a huge volume of weddings. 
Right. So like, I think that like there is one that is an industry and there is another thing that is a gatherings, um, a social gatherings, uh, a celebrations, and then there are, are, are events and celebrations don't have end goals, clients necessarily, although they could, uh, attendees are going for free. It's a different, you know, exp- whatever. One is about changing people's minds and, and, and creating, you know, uh, a change for, for financial reasons and is backed by finan- or financially backed institutions. And the other is a celebration of life. Uh, and, and the varieties of life from and, and I would put, you know, Simcas and um, and whatever other cultural thing in there is birthdays, it's whatever. Simka. Well, they're not called bar or they're not called mitzvahs. A mitzvah is a, is a good deed. Yeah, uh, if, if this is but it's really good to just call things mitzvah for SEO reasons because I've done a lot of marketing. Uh, yeah, so if you actually want to be in the hear in- that first, everyone, Nick has done a lot of marketing on bar and bar mitzvahs. mitzvahs. Oh my gosh, so much. Uh, they pay in the United States almost double on average than uh, weddings, so they're they're a good target. Uh, anywho, uh, yeah, Simcas are, are bar and bat mitzvahs. Uh, but anyway, any any life event that needs to take place isn't about uh, the same makeup, right? Like, there's no government group a group that would go to the government on behalf of weddings, right? I, you know, the empresario of weddings, the whatever, like there's a bunch of like, you know, well-meaning associations dedicated to weddings, but really they're uh, specialty groups without any kind of like teeth outside of their own industry who represent good behaviors for the best of the best who, who, who cater to the, the, uh, let's say elite uh, and I'm saying elite, like if you look at the average versus median price in every city of what people spend on weddings, it'll blow your mind. The difference between average and median, like the average is terrible. Mm-hmm. People put on million dollar weddings in your city, no matter what city you are. And sure. But people also put on like twelve dollar weddings uh, because Subway. everything was donated. And you know, especially if like with those. uh uh, five dollar foot long deals. I was gonna say, like, that's two and mm-hmm. a half five dollar foot longs for you guys. That's pretty good <laughs> within budget. Holy, I see. This is this is the thing, guys. Subway is so much cheaper than the U.S. and I think really that is an issue. Yeah, oh, yeah Subway's expensive here. Subway's a Subway's a thirteen dollar lunch here. Oh wow, I have a Subway. <laughs> I was say, listen, guys, Subway's terrible. It's all about Quiznos. Is Quiznos even still in Quiznos business? Quiznos still in business? business? I don't think we have any Quiznoses left. Although well, we it's just like Jimmy John's like took we over. finally mm. finally got Popeyes chicken. Oh, congrats! Oh yeah, oh, chicken sandwiches. My God, I had no idea. Better, I had right. no idea. Pause the recording here and then. Nah, keep it going. <laughs> keep it going, Nick. I think. What I mean, I'm I, saying is nuanced and doesn't make anybody feel good, right? It doesn't. That's, that's most it of what I talk about. Hear, but it's very true. And I think everything you just said speaks to why I think we're having so many issues with the events industry and COVID is I think there's way, way too many people. I don't think any of us know here. the bad people. Like, do you oh, know I what do. I mean? Like, well, we mean we might, but I, I, I'm saying that the <laughs> I'm majority, start calling of, them out. majority of people on listening Twitter at nine to o'clock. this that would be listening to a podcast about the live events that don't have to, uh, that know people, that know who we are or know the people we know, they're, they're I would say, uh, like, for the most part, are like way above average good at what they do. They care. I think, I think every single person listening to we this don't is don't know the oh com if you're not good at what you do. Yeah. Your, your, point, your point is really good. And there's we don't there's even mix with the people that something that, else that came up on this thread. And somebody was just like, Don't these people that are doing this know how damaging this is to our no. industry? And I said, No, they're they don't not know following us. They don't, they don't. They don't care know. about an industry or know no. of an industry. They're they just no people doing idea. making some money. They're just they see an opportunity to make money, and I like. They're, they're not going to association things. No, or they don't have a membership in, in anything. They're they, just, they have three jobs. And if they are, they're trying to afford their membership right now. I love this right now. Just yeah. recently, someone, uh, a social planner, threw a huge celebrity party, and they were getting admired for how t- quick of a turnaround it was. But the video seemed like this was definitely pre-COVID. Like, ever, no, no mask, no That's social rough. distancing, wow. a celebrity event, too. And I was, I'm, like, so ashamed of them. Who you was know? that like, guy that, that that was, like, had his 15 minutes of fame? 
Andy King, I think. You know who his name is. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, don't fuck yeah. with me. You well, know I, I, I have lost track of him Wait, post-COVID. Wait, hold on, Dustin, how many? Like extra. Are you on drink what? three? Are you on drink three I'm on four? drink two. I'm on drink three. <laughs> okay, just That's checking. Nice. Uh, <laughs> is Andy King. I, I think that Andy that King guy as a good example of somebody who is like he he is someone who has been around events for decades, who has thrown some parties, right? Who I think he calls himself a party host. Like like he he you know like prior to his like trying to mine his fifteen minutes worth of fame, which I think he's like up there with like Ken Bone and other like obscure people. Which, if you don't know who he is, that's my point. Um, <laughs> like, I, I, I like look at the dangerous things that like that guy said and uh, and like thought of the events industry and like he didn't invest in like he, he didn't go to any classes for active shooters and he you know he yeah. didn't do any of that stuff right like so he didn't do any of this. I mean it, that said Connect propped him up and put him up there so I mean whatever. Um, this year? Uh, no, last year. Oh, I had a. We had a local association no... chapter that brought him in. And yeah, of course like, they did. Are you fucking kidding? He's like... a clown, and I have no, I have no connection whatsoever. Literally, can you imagine? Uh-huh. He's, he's one of our, he's one of our brewers. He like listens every single Thursday. Wow. I've talked yeah, so much candy. crap on that guy. Like yeah. I'm in the comments for like a year of every post he did, saying that he was like a fraud and like a hack. And he didn't even get paid to do the fire festival or work with that Billy guy for like three years. He never got a check, right? So like these are people. There's people who are just like affluent people who are near other people uh, who are affluent who put on events, right? And like they're part of the quote unquote industry, and they produce celebrity events, likely you know that in quotes, uh, in the same way that like uh, you know now that I'm marathoning Shit's Creek, like you know, like the events that they were to go to, right. Where you're, you see about that stuff. A bottom line is, is like there, there is so many non-professional people within our industry. We cannot mm-hmm. traffic everybody internally. No, we don't have leadership and it's not because the leaders of our associations are poor or bad at what they do. It's they're that not, they're, they're just, not. it's scattered to the wind of people who can be in an event industry just by and it's not making some brownies. Yeah. We're it, not. No, the it's CDC not set up should, for it. We haven't been like, like I'm, I'm getting to the end of my rope with the like the haterade for associations right now. It is we're we've we've never been tasked to do these things. We've I, never been I, like. I just think it's comical that that people ugh. think that associations ever had that that scope of power. Um, no. Like like. And you don't turn that switch overnight. That 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 you don't. Do. People are just looking for a lifeline and somebody to blame. One hundred percent. And that's 100%. all it is. And like there, and there's a lot of. And I think that like my bottom line with all this stuff is there's a lot of hoping going on, wishing, and uh, feelings. And none of those things are relevant in a pandemic. <laughs> like I hope our industry does better. I can't wait. This is a great sign. These are not signs. You shouldn't hope. What you should do is pay attention, look at the That's science, right. and follow the science. That's if you right. believe you can do it right and you can follow all the rules and it meets all of the needs, then then have your event and do it well. Uh and and that's all there is no like oh great now that i see this i can start you know doing like no you can always do the right thing you can do the right thing now even if you see someone else doing it poorly or not doing it poorly you can do it or you cannot do it you have to make those decisions but there's no amount of cheerleading or or internal tipping points uh, from uh, like completely lack of objective people are going to influence anything like i'm literally in a thread right now someone saying like you shouldn't say that aren't you an influencer which uh, like i I, my eyes roll back into my head anytime (laughs) i hear that word influencer yuck yeah yeah huge fan that said, I was like, I'm, okay, I'm a, hu- I'm a huge fan. I follow him on Facebook. <laughs> it's riveting. <laughs> once a week, if you catch him on Facebook, once a week, he's on on Sundays from one to two. Yeah, it's commenting on posts. I just jump in to say like say something that like is is not popular to either side of an argument, and then I like disappear. But like, and I'm like, I'm my comment is like, we are no one in the event industry right now is an influencer when it comes to COVID. Period. We don't influence. A pandemic. We don't influence a fire and fire safety once there's a fire at our events either. What we do is we, you know, know when to acquiesce to a person who takes over because that's their job. In a in in a non-crisis situation, 
we're the bosses. And then there's a hierarchy of that within influencers and associations and all that fun stuff. But when there is something that is a crisis, guess who it like the associations when there was active shooting in the United States didn't all of a sudden look to like some, uh, you know, old president who has been, you know, had a balloon company for 30 years and say, like, what should we do with active shooters? You know, like, well, you might know the events industry really well, but like you don't know this so the the associations I went you were to, talking about the president of the united states oh yeah sorry i was like oh yeah president owned a balloon company oh i mean <laughs> i'm sure we're not i'm we're, tracking i'm tracking with you now we're, we're decades i mean yeah we're a decade away from that i'm sure but um anyways like the associations didn't all of a sudden like look to some like person who's been a meeting planner for 30 years and say like okay how should we deal with active shooters you know and it's no they went the associations acquiesced in a time of crisis to uh, people who are in the in the uh, per, what do you call it uh, um, the police and, and and state and that kind of thing and like they had training coming from that point mm-hmm. too we're in that same boat like we we can't be the ones saying this is the time now is the time uh, or we shouldn't be looking at the event industry associations as if this was a problem about um, I don't know, like pricing or Mm -hmm. or legitimacy like this is a pandemic. We need to give the control to the people who are who are the professionals. And like, I think that that's one of the things that people miss about event planners is is they're not gods like within the I know it's hard to believe. Really? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they th- I don't know. I know I gotta, some uh, event professionals who think they're when, gods. When things I are- got to change my business cards. <laughs> That's embarrassing. <laughs> when things are working as like planned within the scope of as planned, right? You know, like the ninety uh, percent as planned. You are the god of that event, so to speak, right? Like, yeah. When there is an actual crisis, when there is a you know a fire or a flu or whatever it is, then the the planner should know this is the point where I shift my position over and I facilitate these uh, professionals who are the crisis leaders. And and that's why we shouldn't be looking at the event industry associations to figure this out. We should be looking at healthcare and we should be building. Now, that said, they could build bridges between the industry and that. But the leadership, the ideas, the tipping points, that should all come from outside of the events industry, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think that that we're gonna we're gonna wrap this one up because we're we're over an hour and all of our listeners have been so patient with us today. Jeez, yeah, um, we're they gonna wrap up. it up. But but it is you know when you say that it's like when you have a crisis you turn over the responsibility to somebody else, but it's up to us to create that plan in the middle. Totally. That Good that point. that moment when something happens and when you turn it over, there's a lot that happens in that moment and that's what we're responsible for. And I think in so many cases that's where we're that's where we're falling short as professionals right now is that we're not we're not fulfilling what we need to do in that in that middle moment and and I think that I think there's a lot of work to be done and I don't I, I have to tell you what what are we eight months in now? it's not going to be this round. It's not going to be this COVID that, that, that makes it better. And, and I think, you know, everybody, you know, sitting around lighting their shit up red, doing all they can do to make all the noise that they can. I think we've got to ride this one out. And I think everybody's got to just brace for impact, ride this out, know that, know that, you know, the, the, the good things that you're doing to make noise are important and you got to keep doing them, but expecting, expecting results and expecting change to happen during this, is, it's not, it's not going to happen. And we have to start thinking about what are we going to rebuild this to look like? And that needs to be the priority. Final wow. thoughts, folks? I think that this is an, uh, an awesome opportunity for us to pay attention, to listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then when it is the time when we're not in the eye of the storm, uh, when we're not in reaction mode, I think that we should focus on building bridges and not necessarily um, building like uh, plans, but building mm-hmm. bridges and connecting with uh, organizations and other industries and government healthcare professionals. Uh, I think that's what the association should do once they're outside of the crisis mm-hmm. is uh, say, okay, let's come together and we're not going to write the rules of how to deal with pandemics because i don't think they're qualified and that's not their Mm -hmm. scope but they can 
figure out ways to build those bridges between the the, the healthcare mm-hmm. organizations that can do that. So, and I think we've proven that we can do that. And I think yeah. there's there's so many things that we can point to and say we went through this crisis, and yeah. it may have been very centralized. It may have been, you know, you know, one city that went through something really really tragic, and the entire industry made changes because of it. And we will do that with this too. And you know, as that crisis was happening, um, I don't want to. As, as that crisis was happening, an hour in, nobody was screaming at the associations to have the answer. Nobody was uh, was demanding more. It wasn't until it was over that we got to regroup, that we got to take a look at what needed to be done. And it's the same thing, except for this crisis is lasting a hell of a lot longer than a two-hour active shooter. And we all got to be patient. Yep. Damn, Dustin, you're so, like, quote-worthy today. I know. Nick usually is. This because I'm on my third beer. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm thinking about the Wait pasta I'm about to board. eat, and I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, what, uh, what, anybody what else? What questions have should we ask the audience? Ooh, what should we, we? We covered so much today. We did so well. Um, I don't know. What is what is the audience going to tell us that we don't already know? Oh, Jesus. Okay. Now, let me help you and uh, bail you from that sinking ship. Um, so. <laughs> All right, audience, let us know in the email, eventbrew at helloendless.com. Shoot us an email. Let us know, um, you know, do you think that that that's, that you agree with us? If you disagree with us, I want to hear from you. I think that we get a lot of people who like, are like, yeah, woo. But, like, we also want to hear your dissenting opinions because that helps us know, hey, are we, are we on the right plane? Because we know that we're not always right. And, uh as much as Dustin wants to think so. Um, but we're, <laughs> we're always uh, happy to hear from you guys as well. So shoot us an email, eventbrew at helloendless.com. And uh, Dustin, you want to sing us out? That's it, friends. That was a nice long one today. You all hung in there. If you listen to the whole thing, we congratulate you and thank you. As always, if you're a first-time listener, don't take this as an example of the quality of work we do. Go back and listen to our past Start at episode one and see Start us Start at episode one. Over- <laughs> All and the see and see how organized we were in the beginning how much we kept to our topics we had examples we put things we, we, had, had, we had resources for you we had a document and now in these these Boy, we were optimistic times, we had lots of energy yeah <laughs> we've we've pivoted to this new format of just saying whatever the fuck we want when we want i've been to. watching will's cat for the last hour if anyone's wondering where i've been been you've been very distracted on this i i do i i will give you that you've been very distracted with will's very large orange cat crawling on him (laughs) um as always we appreciate everybody that listens and drops us a line we can't wait till we can see you all again in person but until then we'll see you next thursday on event brew do i say anything else you said the email no i think we got it now you just have to say bye. bye. Just, oh, bye. 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 See you. I'm out. Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on Event Brew.